do believe that a lot of the focus has to be on breaking down barriers. You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin from the Conference Board and the host of this series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss the outlook by the C-suite for 2024. For 25 years, the C-suite outlook survey has served as a pulse check to understand the challenges and opportunities from the world's top business leaders as they look forward and what their strategies are for addressing them. We've surveyed over 1,200 C-suite individuals around the world in order to get the input for the results of this survey. Joining me today to discuss the human capital aspect of the results is Diana Scott, Center Leader of the U.S. Human Capital Center at the Conference Board. Diana, welcome. Thank you, Steve. Happy to be here. Okay, so I, you know, I, t- I talked a little bit about the history of the survey and so forth, but for those people who, you know, who haven't seen this before, you know, just a little more color on, on the survey. Sure. So as you said, we survey over 1,200 Uh, C-suite executives. It includes about 630 CEOs and then other members of the C-suite. And we basically just want to get their perspective on what they see coming ahead. What are their biggest issues from an external and internal perspective? They want to, you know, we ask them about emerging AI technology. We ask them about geopolitical risks. We definitely ask them about human capital management issues and even sustainability. So we get a very broad sector of the C-suite to comment on these things and really project what they think their areas of focus are going to need to be in 2024. And we had hundreds of CHROs um, yes, who we did. responded as well. So I think you know we'll probably focus on this in this conversation on CEOs and CHROs views, but it's amazing how much concern there is for human capital. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we ask about external and internal stress points. And if you look at the what what is top of mind for CEOs and CHROs on from an external perspective, yes, it absolutely is, you know, the economy. Um, are we going to have a recession? Are we not? Uh, things like uh, AI, advancing technology. But very high on the list are things like labor shortages, high labor costs, which relate to human capital, obviously. And then if you ask them about internal issues, for many, many years running, the top internal area focus for CEOs, CHROs, and the entire C-suite is attracting and retaining talent. Yeah, and you know, we heard that people are concerned about the quantity of supply of labor, in other words, the number of people out there that they can access, but also the, the specific skills. and. And we're hearing that there are skill set shortages all over the place. Absolutely. And I think that gets back to, you know, it's all interrelated. It gets back to questions around the advent of new technologies, the need for digital transformation, which also came out in this survey. So you look at all of that and you say, wow, we have a number of things at play here. We have labor shortages. The, The economy has been much stronger than we expected. We're still waiting for the recession to hit. Um, Labor is strong. Uh, Cost of labor has been very high. Unemployment is very low. So that's, you know, constraining the supply. And then on the other hand, as technologies emerge, you need new skill sets, 
And the other thing that, you know, many people are struggling with is the baby boomers are starting to retire. Well, what's wrong with them? They're, they're not supposed <laughs> to do that. They're just vacating the, uh, the, the amount of, uh, the amount of accessible labor. No, but this is, this is, um, you know, a different kind of time because, you know, in past recessions or slowdowns, People have been focused, people meaning um, leaders, business leaders, CEOs, CHROs have been focused on taking cost out. And that's code for we're going to take people out. Absolutely. We're not hearing that. No, because there is, there is a short supply. Yeah. Um, and, and what's really interesting is the workers have options. Yeah. There are more jobs than there are workers. And workers who have some of the newer skills are really in demand. And so people are struggling to not only find workers with those skills, but if they have them, they want to retain them. And they want to look at, can we reskill and upskill some of our existing employees? Do they have the capability to do that? So there's a huge focus on both the attraction and the retention, which leads to a whole host of opportunities to sort of look at things like your employment brand, you know, what... What opportunities can you present to your employees internally? Can you show them that you know you are a great place to work? It's becoming much more important to be a great place to work because you want to make sure you're attracting the right people and keeping the ones. Yeah, and you know, you, you mentioned AI and, and emerging technologies, which was high on the list of concerned external concerns, but it translates, you said, and I, I just want to emphasize this because it's, it's so important. It translates right into an internal concern, which is how, you know, I can do that. I can do that. Remember that old FedEx commercial? I can do that. I can do that. How am I going to do that? And that's, you know, you, you can say we've got these brilliant strategies, but it comes down to the people to execute it. and have How are you going to execute? Yeah, exactly. and that's finding those skill sets, which they're concerned about. But it's also this reskilling. Now, reskilling is kind of a weird word. It's a, it's a newer term that's popped up in the last few years. And it's like, well, do we have to reprogram people? What's, you know, so, but that's not what you're talking about. No, not at all. I mean, it's, it's people have, um, well, first of all, you need to look at what skills do people have and are they translatable? Yeah. And can they learn new and different things? Well, none of us was born knowing anything. So exactly. Yeah. yeah so. so it falls really, the responsibility then falls on the companies to figure out, how do I take good workers who are smart and have ambition and want to, you know, and like working here? How do I redirect their skills and teach them some new things so they can begin to be effective in this new environment that we've entered? A now, new digital environment. A new yeah, which is, you know, which has uh, been evolving for decades now. So CEOs and CHROs. Uh, of course, are the you know the nexus and the C-suite for human capital, and they're very aligned on some of these issues because we we surveyed them and compared the data separately. Talk about some of the issues where there's you, you see great alignment. Well, um, like I said, it, externally, um, everyone in the C-suite agrees that the economy is a focus, and I think you know you have to look at that and dig in and say, well, so you know what do you mean by that? And that leads to some of the other factors that they're aligned on, which are things like labor shortages and, um, you know, looking at, you know, high inflation, which is increasing the cost of labor. So cost, um, accessibility, supply of labor, et cetera, become, become issues that are very, very important for everybody. Now, you know, if you look at what they're really concerned about from an internal focus, it's attracting and retaining talent. Okay, that so should be, they've, they've got great alignment. Yeah, I mean, that shouldn't be a supply, uh, a, a, a surprise right now. Um, you know, 
if you think about what is different now, because this has been the same issue that everybody says year after year is the biggest issue, attracting and retaining talent. What's different now, I think, is the question we need to ask. And, and what has changed that may dictate how you approach it and respond to it differently? So I think certainly the economic environment, the labor shortages, the you know very low unemployment rate, um, all of those are things that are you know particular to our time right now. But I also think you add into that some of the changing demographics. So you have retiring baby boomers um, leaving the workforce, and so you need to figure out how are you going to bring that skill set back in, or you or know to replace them. them, or try to keep them. Um, as a matter of fact, we're about to publish a piece on, you know, how boomers. boomers. Yeah, how to keep baby boomers um, give engaged. Give them a little flexibility so they can play golf on Wednesdays, and we got them covered. There you go. <laughs> um, and and use them appropriately because yeah. they've got skills that maybe Gen Z, who are in 2025, Gen Z is going to be 30 percent of the workforce. Well, I hope so, they know that. So so you know. Are there skills that um, baby boomers can bring to the organization, um, you know, helping to build culture, helping perhaps to mentor and support the Gen Z? So you've got that dynamic going on that's also creating concerns about attracting and retaining. Um, and then the whole advent of all these new technologies. Yeah. So that's the other thing that's changed. So that's a, that's a lot of stuff. That, right. That's, you know, and, and, you know, I, you were a CHRO of several companies and, you know, of course I, you know, I had the opportunity to lead several companies, and it, it's it's amazing how much time is required, particularly as we're evolving to a knowledge-based economy. It, it's all about our people. Yes. And, and and so this is this is so important. Now there were a couple of areas where the CHROs uh, and the CEOs prioritize things a little differently. Talk about that gap. Yeah, I mean, if you look at um, where CEOs and CHROs want to invest, for example, they were aligned on, you know, innovation. That was, you know, a number one area of the focus. And I think innovation and technology, well, what does that really mean? It means, you know, how do you innovate through your people, through your processes, you know, tools? It, it, it kind of, you know, harkens to digital, digital transformation, AI, automation, those kinds of things. So that's really where innovation and technology, they're very aligned on that. Um, and, you know, that's, that's important, but, um, you know, it kind of diverges there because CHROs really said they're very focused on engagement and upskilling and reskilling and engagement of employees is a very interesting concept. And it wasn't at the top of the list for CEOs, but I'm not sure that that is such a problem because I think CHROs are very focused on how, what's the brand of our organization? Um, the employment brand. What is our employment brand? Um, and that employment brand very often is what drives your ability to retain your, your, your workers. It sort of for forces us to think about, well, how do we work? How should we be working? Are we structured appropriately? And are we creating the right opportunities to engage our employees by giving them you know, new career opportunities? Or do we give them mobility within the organization and things like that? That we know drives engagement. Well, those are all the things that uh, CEOs are saying they want when it comes to pursuing new opportunities, which was very high on their list for where they want to invest. or. Um, engaging and winning new customers. You do that through the people. You you know, the work is evolving. So 
Those new technologies, including AI, are going to change the skills that are needed. It means you do need to engage differently. Um, so I don't think they're so far apart as you might see just looking at the list. Okay, so, so what I'm hearing you say is e even though um, they might have weighted an issue you know, a slightly differently, there is alignment uh, yes. on the need for it. And you would expect you know, uh, CHROs who are focused strictly on human, nah, you know, mostly on human capital to, to weigh that differently. Okay, so now, as so as 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 they look at twenty twenty four, because this is a year in preview, in in a sense, you know what's coming and what they're concerned about. The economy is there, um, but they're not thinking about layoffs. They're thinking about getting more productivity out of the people that they have. How are you? How are they telling us that they are going to do that? Well, largely through automation and use of technology. But that replaces people. Not necessarily no. because- Not this you, time. Not this time because you really need to develop the skill sets of people to effectively operate. And if we're looking to innovate and grow, I mean, part of, part of what we're asking people is, what are you gonna invest in to grow? They wanna grow their businesses, they wanna grow their capabilities, they wanna innovate. To innovate, you have to, become more productive and you've got to bring people in who can actually leverage the technology so you can be more productive. Yeah, this is an interesting time. Kind of reminds me and probably you as well of the uh, the early 90s when we were introducing, or a little bit before that, when we were introducing personal computers into the workplace and trying and and people were training people on, you know, how do you use Microsoft Word and Excel? Mm -hmm. And, you know, those were in their, their infancy stages. But that then, we didn't take people out. What we did is we gave them these great new tools that allowed them to be more productive to work. It's, you know, the cycle times dropped, and so so costs came out because of the workflows and and and, the, and that productivity as measured in economic terms. I feel like, I don't know about you. Do, do you feel like we're at that stage again Absolutely. with AI? Absolutely, and I think our research supports that as well. Because if you look at the data, the data says that uh, you know CEOs, CHROs, and the rest of the C-suite are pretty. Um, upbeat on what the impact of AI and some of these newer technologies are going to be on the workforce. They don't see it as stripping out jobs. They don't see it um, very much that way at all. They see it as really contributing to greater innovation, greater productivity, um, and new opportunity for the company to earn more money, generate more revenue, and grow. And frankly, some of the research that we've done with employees, so if you look at the workforce and ask them the same question about how do they see AI impacting their job, you would think many employees would say, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, it's going to replace me. I think over 70% said, no, I think it's going to actually make my job much more interesting. And so they're not afraid of it. Now, that does say that there are going to be some people who are not going to be able to keep up we won't be able to reskill them, to use that favorite term. Um, but I think most people are eager to learn. Most workers are eager to learn. And I think most executives are saying, no, we see that as net-net very positive. We're talking about the Conference Board C-Suite Outlook for 2024 and the human capital implications. We're going to take a short break. Be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the Conference Board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem solving for your organization. 
Membership at the conference board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a conference board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by Diana Scott, the center leader of the human, U.S. Human Capital Center at the Conference Board. Okay, so we've got all this stuff going on. We've got the C-suite worried about all these things, you know, political things, geopolitics, but big focus here on human capital. Uh, we've talked about where they're aligned and where they're not aligned, but one of the areas we've read about tension is this whole return to office situation. What did we find out? <laughs> Hybrid is here to stay. Ah. It is It is no longer- And the an CEOs issue. don't like that. Um, well, only 4% said that they were gonna be focused on getting people to yeah. return to the office that's full called, time. That's called resignation. They're, they're resigned to it. Yeah, it's-, it's They're resigned to it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that it's going to take CTROs need to help the C-suite and CEOs who are quite on board to um, really figure out how we can make sure our leaders have the capability and the flexibility to be able to lead in this very new dispersed and dispersed um, workforce environment. Well, you and I have talked about this, and it's a, you know it's been a subject it's, you know it's a bigger subject, of course, but. You know, essentially, there's frustration on everybody's part because if you got hybrid, you've got two workplaces. You've got you know a community workplace, and then you have your home workplace. The problem is that those are two different dynamics, and people are trying to do the same kind of work in each place. And so they come to try to do you know write a presentation or do their own work in the office, and they find out they've got all these people around who are bothering them. They quit bothering me, and quit. I don't want to go to meetings. But then they go home and then they miss the socialization. And you really do have to plan your Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And I think that's that's where people need to stop thinking about you do the same work all the time everywhere. Um, it needs to be much more intentional about what is the work that happens in the office? What is the purpose of being in the office? How does it bring a team together? What's the kind of collaboration that we need to do in the office? And then for the focus work, that can easily be done at home, which is why there's no one size fits all, because certain jobs have a lot of heads down focus work. And so maybe they don't need to come into the office, but, you know, a couple times a month, whereas others who are much more engaged in dynamic, innovative, creative kind of brainstorming and, and such, they may need, need to bring the teams together more frequently. So this is a huge opportunity. If hybrid is here to stay, then mm -hmm. we got to stop talking about weather and we just we have to it say, is. how are we going to do this? And how are we going? So this could be a big productivity gain if we could teach people how to segment their work differently and, and make this all come together. And I, absolutely. And so, yes, the workers have to buy into this. But it's got to start with the leadership and the leadership and leaders, managers have to be, you know, basically educated on 
how do I manage my teams differently? You can't manage people anymore by, you know, looking at butts and seats. That was sort of the famous thing from the 80s and the 90s. Well, you manage your people, they're right in front of you, they're all in one office. You walk the halls, you manage by walking the halls. You can't do that anymore. So you have to figure out, well, how am I going to inspire, create community, create a sense of culture in that new environment? And it is possible and it can be very exciting because we have so many technology tools to help us do that. Okay, so it sounds like leadership, well, I mean, you know, it's, it, you know there's so many books been written on leadership, it's, it's almost pablum, but you're talking about a specific kind of leadership, a more deliberate leadership that is, that is different based on location here. So that's a big challenge. I mean, you know, this isn't what CEOs and business leaders grew up knowing how to do. This whole, and remember the, you mentioned the books about, you know, management by walking around. That was a whole strategy. You, you walk around, there's nobody, there's nobody here. There's nobody to talk to. How do you do this? So, that, so they need to lead. This needs to come from the top. But but leadership then is different in 2024 in terms of the prioritization. I think it's very different. But it's not just about, you know, return to office. Are you in the office? Are you not in the office? If you think about the, the global environment in which we live, the global marketplace we live in, many of us, you know, have responsibility for leading teams that are in different time zones, that are in different countries. And so that sensitivity to be able to leave cross-culturally, across time zones, uh, across office, and even for people who are hybrid workers within your individual office. Those are all skill sets that require a different kind of leadership and the ability to inspire and communicate with intention. Yeah, and, and then, so then you try, you link that with the whole notion that, gosh, we can't just, you know, we're not gonna be able to cost cut our way there this year. You know, you can't take people out because you don't want to lose them. We need those skill sets. They're hard to find to begin with. So people are not talking about that. I mean, it's not that cost cutting isn't important. It was on the list. It was. It, it is a focus, but not in that area. So you have to, so it comes back to good old fashioned, how do we grow and how do we grow profitably and how do we do that by getting more out of the human capital that we have? Exactly. That hasn't been... A challenge for us. I mean, that, that hasn't, it, there's a whole generation of management that have grown up without that focus, even though if you go back far enough, that, that historically. So how do we bring some of those learnings from the past and then reinstill that into um, companies today? Well, I mean, I, I, I do believe that a lot of the focus has to be on breaking down barriers. What does that mean? So much of the work that needs to happen today, especially in you know sort of our knowledge-focused industries, you need to bring people together to share ideas, work collaboratively. I think people need to look creatively at organizational structure because we create silos. You know, old-fashioned org structures, whether it's functional or by you know, it creates all these silos, and work doesn't happen that way anymore. So I think we really we really need to step back and look at. How does work evolve? Where does the creativity come from? Where does the execution happen? And how does it need to happen effectively? And how do we maybe even, in addition to breaking down barriers, 
restructure in a way that allows communication and collaboration to work more efficiently and effectively. Yeah, and, and what really, tools you, are available to help us do that? Well, and that's, that's these technology tools right. that are all new. So exactly. then the question is, how do you use these tools? And so, I mean, everybody's worried about, oh, AI is going to supplant my job. And as you said, it's not. It's a tool that's going to help them be, be better at their job. But, that, but there's different workflows and different work processes that will have to be exactly. created. And that's change exactly. management, which is hard. A lot of change management. Um, I think it's, it's you know, CHROs have a huge lift here and a huge opportunity because yeah. you think about, you know, they're going to be focused on how do I create uh, an employee experience that's going to help me attract and retain the best employees and create that great brand. At the same time, you know, I, I'm trying to build an organizational culture and ways of working. Well, the ways of working require the hard work of really figuring out, well, what are those organizational structures like? What are the processes? Where are the handoffs? And how do I leverage technology to do that? Well, that's going to require that they collaborate with all other members of the C-suite, you know, the technology folks, the sales folks, the marketing folks, the operations folks, to sort of say, how do we do this better? I think leadership, you know, really needs to step up to to make this all happen. And, you know, it it it's, you know, as... <laughs> And you and I've done this before. It's not easy, but but you have to you have to also in order to in order to make that happen. You know, you, you can't just shove it on them. You have to make it, you know, describe for them and help people understand what's in it for them. Absolutely. What's and, in it for them? Well, the satisfaction of you know driving greater profitability, greater innovation across the organization, uh, which leads to greater rewards for them. Probably the satisfaction of just you know feeling like you're doing something new and different. Yeah, and the growth, um, the growth, the, the growth, the growth of your organization, the growth of revenues, uh, achieving your objectives, but doing it in a way that's not frustrating. Because frankly, we all know that you know working in an environment where people are in their silos and the communication is bad, that's not a great work environment. And that's what we really need to break that down. But, you know, so it's kind of scary. I mean, I just go back 30 years ago when these little boxes showed up on, on our desks and everybody's going, oh, what, what do I do? Yeah, cool paperweight. What do I do with it? You know, and remember, we thought that And there look many... how far we've come. Well, so, but it, you know, it took it a while. It took a while. It, took, it was deliberate and everybody had to learn and they had to be willing to learn, and so that's kind of, I feel like I we're would, on that again. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, I, I one of the buzzwords, um, and I know you don't like buzzwords, Steve, but one of the buzzwords that we like to use <laughs> in, in the HR and human capital world is growth mindset. Oh, that's a good one. You know, which literally means you have to be open to, you know, thinking about things differently. You have to be searching for new and different ways constantly, and you have to be open to learning. Frankly, we all have to be open to learning because change is constant. And if we're going to be successful, we've got to help our leaders understand that if they can adopt a growth mindset, they're going to be inspiring to their workers who will then also be much more willing to adopt a growth mindset. And the rewards will be great because they'll be learning new things. They'll be, you know, be successful, they'll be achieving their objectives, the business will be growing. That all feels great. That creates a great, you know, culture for the entire organization. Yeah, I, you know, I kind of, you know, I don't like buzzwords because, you know, nobody, everybody thinks, uh, defines them differently. But, you know, this is, this is a new era where, you know, everybody's going to get cool new toys to play with. 
and you know and be able to invent i mean and and so you know those those toys if i can call them that will enhance productivity but they'll also allow people to really invent new stuff and gosh you know put put their uh their skills to 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 work in ways that they hadn't thought of before it, i mean it's, it's a really exciting time it's a very exciting time yeah Final thoughts on the survey or, you know, any other things that grabbed you? I, I think leaders have an opportunity to really embrace the change that's around us. And um, yes, there's a there's a lot of scary stuff potentially, you know, with the economy, uncertainty in the economy and geopolitical risks, et cetera. But it's also a very exciting time. And if they can look at some of the newer technologies and opportunities to do things differently, um, they can learn and grow, and their entire organization can succeed. Amen to that. Diana Scott, thanks for being with us. You're welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week, I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover the leading topics in economics, human capital, public policy, and more. Please share CEO Perspectives with your colleagues with your friends, with everybody who has a job because this stuff's important to them. I'm Steve Odlin and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board.